conversations that you connect with and react to. SAFM. We're in conversation next with uh, Professor Mary Metcalf, Professor Metcalf, a professor of education and practice at the University of Johannesburg. Today, teachers around the world are being celebrated for shaping society through education, and South Africa is no exception. World Teachers Day is celebrated under the 2023 theme, The Teachers We Need for the Education We Want, the Global Imperative to reverse the teacher shortage. According to the recruitment database of qualified South African educators, over 21,000 registered educators are unemployed in the country. Professor Metcalf now joining us on the line. Professor Metcalf, good afternoon. Thank you so much for making time for us. Earlier on, I was speaking to the General Secretary of Satu Mokwena Maluleke, and he argues that while the theme of this year is reversing the teacher shortage, South Africa doesn't have a problem of a shortage of teachers, but the problem is um, the issue around um, budget constraints and uh, the budget cuts that has been experienced uh, in in government and also um, the STEM subjects don't have enough teachers and that's where the critical shortage is? Well, it's an interesting issue because it is quite complex. There's an excellent research project being undertaken by the University of Stellenbosch, and they're working very closely with the DBE on this. And they're looking at projections relative to the age of teachers in the system, when they're going to retire, when will we need to replenish the supply of teachers. So there's often this concern that there's a bulge of many, many teachers in their 50s who will retire at 60 or after and then we'll have a shortage. So it's a constant theme of monitoring how we're doing with availability of teachers with our ability to produce new teachers. So that's one dimension of it. The second dimension is the specificity of subject knowledge. We have to plan for that as well. Sometimes we worry about not having enough maths and science teachers, and of course that's global. Sometimes we worry about not having enough foundation-faced teachers, especially for all of our languages when the medium of instruction is um, the, the, the range of our South African languages. But the other dimension, um, Eldrin, is that it's having the teachers in the right place. So, you know, I would say to oversimplify matters that uh, in Joburg we don't have a shortage generally other than specific subjects or whatever. But that's because many people want to live in Johannesburg or in metropolitan areas. Whereas sometimes in the rural areas you may find it more difficult to um, get teachers. Does that make sense? No, it, it, it totally does. Um, and, and that's another issue as well, because he says that um, when it comes to the rural provinces or rural areas, um, there used to be an incentive that uh, teachers who teach in rural provinces would get or rural areas would get. But that has now also been removed. Yeah, you know, that I think that it would be useful to go back into the policy for that. I think in my knowledge is that pre-1994, there was a racial bias to that in terms of specifically encouraging um, teachers from the more privileged racial groups to get that um, working in rural areas. I must check 
when that policy changed and how long it was taken into the new system. I do have experience from working in the Northern Cape um, in, in terms of support work that I've been involved in over the last years because I was fascinated by the extent to which in the north of the Northern Cape there was such great difficulty getting teachers to work in schools because it is genuinely remote, very poor transport networks. And many teachers would actually travel from other provinces and spend the entire term teaching away from their families and go home in the holidays. So the complex nature of this means that I think we need to, first of all, have a steady supply of properly qualified teachers. We need to deploy our teachers. I think there need to be better processes of utilizing teachers and deploying them so that it is fairer across the country about where um, teachers are, are provided. It's almost if once teachers are qualified, they're on their own to go out there and find a job. And the matching of the individual teacher to the place where they need it, the mechanisms are not easy. Then, um, is there any research that's currently being undertaken or that has been done to look at, to look at the impact of innovation in, like, for instance, artificial intelligence, the impact that that would have on the education sector, and more specifically, also on the teacher, the person who we know who knew, who would always stand in front of the children, and perhaps the possibility of the teacher no longer being there and artificial mm-hmm. intelligence taking over. It's a fantastic question. As it happens, um, Umulusi, which is the standard-setting body for um, the National Senior Certificate, also does a lot of research, and it had a webinar, which I, uh, I, I just thought was really interesting because they had educationists talking about how they manage online learning, starting actually from COVID and all of the lessons from that. And there was a presenter from um, um, Tanzania who presented on how they do online assessment. And I think for me, the takeaway from, from your question and that discussion is firstly the, the issue of making ITC, you know, information technology, before you even get to sophisticated things like Mm. AI, very unequal across the country. Not all families, not all communities have access to reliable data to broadband, and not all families can necessarily afford it. So one of my concerns about ITC is that it exacerbates inequalities rather than reduces them, which is good for those who can use information technology to access information, to interact. So that is an, and something that enriches the lives of some, but it isn't a solution for the, for the whole of the country. At the moment, I would say that we could, with better broadband, with better access to affordable data, this could be something that would really assist education. But we've got to get the system, the ecosystem, the broad context right first. 
Important point that you raised there around um, inequality and also how technology can sometimes further exacerbate inequality. But what should the answer be? Because we can't stop the technology. Um, it is it is a wave, and we know that, for instance, it sometimes even outpaces um, legislators and, 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 and lawmakers. So where can the answer lie? What solutions can we bring forward to make sure that children in the rural areas are not left behind? Well, I think firstly, I've been very interested how in the last, I would say, eight years, I've seen an exponential changes in teachers' comfort levels with using technology. I've seen huge increases in the number of young people and adults that have access to handheld devices. So there is a growing familiarity with information technology in the terms of of, of devices, more and more people having access to data. I think clearly government needs to do more on the supply and demand side in terms of reducing the costs of bandwidth or increasing access in other ways. And that's something that I'm thinking about quite a lot at the moment. So firstly, we've got to increase access, reduce costs. We've got to encourage um, this amazing growth, I think, of comfortable use of data and devices. And we have to be able to create good educational resources that teachers will be able to use over time. You are right, it's a moving tide and it will happen more and more. But we need to accelerate it so that we reduce inequality. Thank you so much for your time, Professor Mary Metcalf, there, Professor of Education and Practice at the University of Johannesburg.